whether you believe yourself to be a person of faith or not, whether you have a whole lot of children and grandchildren like I do or not, whether you find yourself in that place where all of the world is chugging along and you are restricted maybe by homebound because of a disease or you are locked away because of choices you made. Freedom is important to you. And so those three elements, faith, family, and freedom, in my estimation, are among the largest of all of the pillars that hold up this concept we call leadership. And without those three pillars, leadership is pretty close to unnecessary. And without leadership, those three pillars are, well, pretty close to impossible. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And as far back as I can remember in my life, faith, family, and freedom have been kind of the things that drive me to make the decisions that I make. People might say I'm not a religious person of themselves. I, I'm not a religious person. I don't go to church. I don't worship in a particular way. I don't belong to any organized religion. And yet I find that they still have, even those who would call themselves atheists or agnostics, they have this thing called faith. Now, when I say faith, I have a very specific orientation in my faith. I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I believe that the Bible is the infallible Word of God. And I believe that as we study God's Word and we study in that particular form of religion, that particular form of faith, that we grow to know more and understand more, not only about the universe and its creator, but also about the people that are in it. Now, aside from my Christian faith, though, I have dear friends who are Muslims. I have dear friends who are Buddhist or Baha'i or even atheist and agnostic straight up. I have friends who are Hindi who don't worship the same way that I do. But I do find one thing very common among people of faith, and that is there's a belief system from which they get their core values. Now, you might say to yourself, I'm not a particularly religious person. Faith is not that big a deal to me. But let me ask you this. Are the things that you believe in, that you personally believe in, that cause you to make the decisions that you make? You believe in, say, gravity, for an example. Therefore, you don't decide every morning to get up and run across the ceiling when you get out of bed. Unless you live in an upside-down house, that's near impossible. Well, maybe if you're an inventor, a scientist who's figured out how to defy gravity. But for the most part, if you believe in gravity, you operate your life based on the reality of gravity. If you believe that most people are good, then you operate your life based on that philosophy that most people are good. It's not always true, but the decisions that you make are underlining all of your life. All of the things that you believe, whether they're true or not cause you to make the decisions that you make. Even the things you believe about yourself, even if they're wrong. What you believe, that belief system, the system of things that you believe, they establish your core values, they modify your behavior, and as you change those beliefs, whether it's more or less religious, as you change those beliefs, it will change your behavior. Now the next one is family. And when I talk about family, Ideally, I would mean parents, children, siblings, 
maybe offspring, your own children, your grandchildren, etc., etc., but not necessarily. It might be that family for you, because you've never been married, never had kids, and didn't have any siblings, and maybe your parents have gone on. Maybe you're literally alone in the world, biologically speaking, but you probably have a community of people around you, people that well, you would do just about anything for, people you would financially make sacrifices for, people you, you might even put yourself in harm's way for, people that you would help even if it put you out. That's family. For some people, that family is a nationalism. It's, it's based on the fact that we all live under the same national code, under the same flag. Uh, your, your people are my people. For some, it's tribal. I've been to places in Africa where genuinely the people look so much alike, even to themselves, that until you have a specific dialect in the way you speak or a specific local language, a tribal language that you speak, people are indistinguishable. If you were to stand up a hundred of them, you wouldn't know one group from the other, but in that one group, there may be 50 different groups represented. And that kind of tribalism, that kind of bonding is a family orientation of bonding. It's we're together, they're not with us. If you've ever gone into a restaurant and you see that whole herd of people waiting for a table to sit down, they usually ask you how many. On a regular basis, I'll say, me and all my friends, and they look up to see the whole crowd of people, and I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just one. It's just me and my friends, which is just one today. But sometimes, and my wife and I have done this on more than one occasion, we'll invite somebody else to come sit at our table. We've been in places where the wait was an hour or more, but the only table they had was a table for four. And my wife and I'll say, hey, if there's another pair, another couple, and they're up for sharing a table, we'll do a table of four instead of a table of two if that means somebody else gets to eat faster. And we find that kind of family orientation to be a very powerful thing. Let's go on to freedom. Because when we talk about freedom, a lot of people immediately think of religious freedom, or they think of political freedom, or they think of what we call freedom in America. Well, the idea of freedom in America is a powerful thing. I think the freedom to come and go, the freedom to choose who we do business with, the freedom to choose how we make medical decisions or familial decisions. Are we going to have another baby or not? Are we going to adopt another baby or have one biologically? Are we going to live in this kind of house or live in that kind of house? Do we want to live in this kind of town or that kind of town? A small town or a large town? A, a loft apartment over a downtown business or a little the small shack in the middle of the woods. Whatever it is that we choose, that's our right to choose. We get to choose where we want to live and, and who we want to live among and where we want to work and the kind of work that we want to do and what kind of education we're going to have. Those are freedoms. But so is, so is it freedom to not be bound by addictions. It's freedom to live in a relationship where you get to choose to be the kind of person that you want to be and they don't get to pound you in the head with it to behave the way they want you to behave or to live the way they want you to live. A lot of young people think of freedom as the day I turn 18, I get to make all the decisions in my own life. I, nobody gets to tell me what to do. I'm a grown-up now. Yeah, try that until the IRS comes or the person who's providing the shelter over your head unless you own the house yourself. You don't have the freedom to do just anything you want to. There's going to be some limitations to that. You can't drive 100 miles an hour on a residential street without possibly getting a ticket or going to jail for reckless driving or maybe even encountering an angry father whose child is riding their bicycle close by. You have freedom so long as it doesn't encroach on somebody else's safety or abilities. 
But really, freedom comes down to this. The ability to choose to do what's right in your own eyes without a lot of restriction from government or anybody else. But freedom is also tied with consequences. Individual liberties, freedom, and individual responsibilities. Meaning, if you made a bad choice, the world doesn't pay the consequences. Your choice, your consequences. Your decision, your penalty to pay. In the same way, though, if you made good choices and you have good decisions, the reward is not everybody's. The reward is yours. Individual responsibility, individual circumstances, individual outcomes. That's freedom. Now, what does all that have to do with leadership? I find that when it comes to leadership, if we use John Maxwell's definition, leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less, then what we find is that my ability to decide what I want to believe, my ability to associate with who I want to associate with, my ability to make decisions about my life as to where I'm going to live and what I'm going to eat and how I'm going to go to work or what kind of work I'm going to do, those decisions are mine. Well, leaders make those kinds of decisions for themselves. Tyrants try to make those kinds of decisions for everybody else. A leader who loses sight of the fact that individual liberty and individual responsibility are inextricably tied together will find themselves behaving in a tyrannical way. Why? Because they have belief or faith that they can make better decisions for you. They will believe that you are part of this little family they have adopted or surrogated. And as such, you should do what they tell you to. Again, every freedom is a balance of individual rights and individual responsibilities. If someone employs you, they pay you to perform certain tasks to accomplish things, whether that's on a contract or it's a salary, whether they're paying you to do one project one time and you may never see them again, or they're paying you to be there 50, 60 hours a week. There's an agreement, individual responsibility. This is what I expect you to do if you want to get paid. Individual liberty says they're not going to force you to do that other than to say you're not going to get paid. It's a set of choices and relationship. But the leader who tries to force you to do above and beyond what you've agreed to do, above and beyond what you've been hired to do, paid to do, contracted to do, a leader who tries to control more of your life than they have genuine authority and responsibility for, well, that's not a leader, that's a tyrant. If you've ever worked in an environment where the manager feels like they can dictate what time you come to work, they should, especially if you're a W-2 employee, and what time you get off, as they should, that's fine. But if they can tell you also what time to go to the bathroom and what you should have for lunch and how much of it, well, now they're kind of overstepping their bounds. If they tell you what kind of attitude you should have with the customers, that's reasonable. To tell you what kind of attitude you should have at home, off limits, none of their business. Now we've gone from leadership to tyrant. A leader should influence. A leader should help you to make good decisions. A leader should put all of the proper options in front of you and let you make a decision. But a tyrant, a control freak, a manager who doesn't know their job as a leader, well, they want to control every aspect of your life. Not just what time you come to work and what time you go home, but what time you get home and what do you do when you get there? Who do you talk to? Who do you hang out with? Who do you associate with off time? But see, when we see some of the things going on in social media, we're actually seeing tyrants outside the concept of relationship who are trying to modify the behavior of people 
that they should have no say in their life. There are people who are losing access to social media because of the friends or family that they hang out with, because of the faith that they have. And again, I'm not talking about an organized religion. I'm talking about the system of things you believe, the core values that you hold that modify your behavior. There are certain social media companies right now today in 2022 who are making decisions for other people about who they should hang out with and what kinds of things they should believe to be true. That is a dangerous, dangerous, slippery slope because that's not leadership, that's control. And it doesn't lead toward freedom, it leads away from freedom. If I can't individually choose who my friends are, who my family are, who are the people that are most important in my life, if I can't independently choose who it is that I want to spend my time with and what it is that I want to believe as my own core value, then somebody is doing that for me. And if somebody's doing that for me, then that's not freedom. That's control. That doesn't make them leaders. That makes them tyrants. If you're the kind of leader that looks at the people in your charge, the people that you're responsible for, whether you lead them because they work for you or you lead them because they're in your family or you lead them because you have a louder voice than everybody else, whatever the reason is that they submit themselves to you to be led, you have a responsibility to respect those three areas in their life, what they believe, who they associate with, and the choices that they make. Oh yes, all of those have consequences. What you believe has consequences. Who you choose to hang out with, you will become like the five people you hang out with and the five books that you read. So those are going to have penalties and consequences as well. Maybe those consequences will be a reward or higher level income, but maybe by, based on the people you choose to hang out with, your family and the things you choose to believe, your belief system, whether it's good or bad, those could be very financially rewarding or they could land you in prison. But either way, you have the freedom to choose. Now, if you're the kind of leader who restricts any one of those things, doesn't respect any of those, one of those three things, you don't respect their faith, you don't respect their family, and you don't respect their freedom, then you're not a leader, you're a tyrant. And you need to know that. You also need to ask yourself the question that we challenged yesterday, and that is, what could I have done differently? There's a real good chance if you're having a hard time leading, influencing, directing the behavior of the people in your charge, it's a real good chance that what you could have done differently is allow them the liberty to have individual consequences for their individual choices, individual responsibilities, individual outcomes. You make a bad choice, you're going to pay the price for it. Maybe that is you're no longer in my circle. Maybe that is you no longer have a job. But if you're a leader and you haven't asked that question, what could I have done differently? And do I respect people's faith, family, and freedom? then you're probably not leading well. You're probably being more of a tyrant, especially if you're trying to control all aspects of faith, family, and freedom. I truly believe of all the responsibilities of a leader, our number one responsibility is to protect those three things and allow people to live their lives within that realm on their own. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, or Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.
Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.